Hello, friends. You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. This is your friendly neighborhood producer bringing you an exciting update. Beginning September 19th, 2022, Candace and Cher will be hosting their first online story group through Zoom. They would like to invite you to join them for nine weeks of Healing Connection, where deep kindness and care will be provided to help meet you and the struggles that you are facing today. You can register by contacting them on their website at ProcessingTraumaOutloud.com or email them at CandiceShare at gmail.com. That's K-A-N-D-A-C-E-S-H-E-R at gmail.com. Cost is $495 and there will be a maximum of seven participants. So sign up soon to make sure your spot is secured. In this episode, Candace and Cher talk about how understanding the limbic brain has been a resource for their journey of healing from childhood trauma. Having some knowledge of what happens in trauma and how it affects our neural development will lead us to the compassion and kindness we need in order to do the work of healing. Those who are on this path often say, this is hard and it's worth it. Listen in as both Candace and Cher process what it means when we can slow down and become aware of what's happening in our limbic brain and what we can do about it. Hi, Cher. Hey, Candace. How's it going today? Going great. Good, good. day so far. Yeah, really good. I, I had, a, I'll just say, I met with my coach this morning and we had a, just such a great, helpful session that brought some insight into some things that I've been dealing with. And so, yeah, just been a great day. Yeah. And I like my days that I get to meet with my coach too. Yeah. I never know how that's going to, you know, sometimes we, we go pretty deep and I would say most times we do, but sometimes it's just being able to recognize how empowered I feel after my coaching sessions. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about the limbic brain. You and I have had several conversations about this, and we first want our listeners to know, in no way are we experts on the brain or the limbic brain, but we have learned enough that it has made a huge difference for us in our healing journey to understand a little bit. And we want to offer some of that to our listeners today and also encourage them to, you know, even go find other resources that can help them understand the limbic brain and how that part of our brain is affected through childhood trauma. Yeah. And how taking time to become aware of the limbic brain is something that isn't, it's not something that we're really taught or that we grow up with understanding of, especially in our generation. I think kids today are much more being helped to recognize emotions and some of that and even trauma. But in our generation, I think, and throughout history, I think it's just something that the limbic brain has been completely unknown. And we have been taught how to function in from our prefrontal cortex, which I'll just pause and give a little, just a very brief explanation. And this does not do the topic justice at all. As Candace said, we are not experts. And this is just extremely limited, but we want to bring a glimpse of some things that we hope can be helpful to people who are on this journey of finding freedom from childhood trauma and developmental trauma because our society, and, and I will say, you know, particularly the church, if you grew up in the church 
we are taught to live from our prefrontal cortex. And that is what is valued, right? And our prefrontal cortex is where we formulate our thoughts, where we develop strategies, where we live from a perspective that is organized and makes sense and is logical and disciplined. The process is kind of like, here's the thing that you need to believe. So believe it. Here's the thing that you need to do. So do it. And that seems to work well for a lot of people. They seem kind of able to do that. And all of us are able to do that in some ways. Mm -hmm. But then there are those areas where it seems like no matter how hard we try, we just can't overcome the blocks. Mm-hmm. The blocks to why we react to certain things the way we do, why we can't have the behaviors that we really want to have, whether that's like with our kids, right? When we're not patient with our kids and we were, we're yelling at them and we wish that we weren't, but we can't seem to stop. Or perhaps the way that we show up in our relationships, maybe we show up distant and disconnected and a little bit cold when really we wish we could show up much more engaged and and be able to move toward trust and intimacy and feelings of connection because we long for that, but we just can't seem to be able to do it. Okay. That's the kind of thing that we're talking about here is like when we notice that we wish that we could be different in some ways than how we are showing up, it might be worth taking a look at what's going on in the limbic brain. Mm-hmm. And the limbic brain, and again, extremely concise to even say this, but it's where all of our experiences are stored, all of our memories, all of our perceptions of those memories, all of the beliefs that we formed out of those experiences, all of our emotions that surround those experiences. So these are kind of, if you will, the senses of the soul, I like to call it. Our our physical senses, we're really taught how to see well, how to hear, how to taste, how to, you know, all of that. What we're not really taught and trained to do is how to be aware of when I'm going into a situation What are my, what memories that are popping up into my mind? What are the perceptions that I have as I walk into this room? Do I feel safe? Do I feel unsafe? Do I feel seen? Mm -hmm. Do I feel invisible? Like a lot of times we're not even aware. What are the emotions that I feel? A lot of times we're not aware or we can't, or we have even a struggle to access. What are we even feeling, right? These are the senses of the soul, as I like to call it, or it's the stuff that's stored in the limbic brain. And the reason why we're talking about this today is because as we move toward healing from our childhood trauma, and as we go toward our stories and we start to become familiar with our stories, we can grow in understanding of some of the things that are really going on in our limbic brain that really have had a huge control over lots of aspects of our life and behavior. And if we can slow down and really start to be aware of that, it can be life-changing in some really amazing ways. 
I'll take a breath, Candace. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was so good and very, very clear. So I appreciate just the way you explained that. And, you know, we've had several conversations and, you know, that, that even helped me again. But I, I think of this idea of having those unconscious drivers that are coming out of our limbic brain. Yeah. And if we don't have some sense of what that means and what that does and why we will get stuck (laughs) in patterns that bring shame, you know, bring confusion, Mm -hmm. bring ambivalence. And this is why we slow down and take the time to, to understand what's going on in that aspect of our body. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like we want to be helped, we want to be healed. But we also Mm. want to help others find the help that they need and experience in the healing and freedom they're longing for. Yeah. Many times we, we have people that have quote done all the right things. They've said all the right things, but then when they still struggle so deeply they're either going to reach out and get the help they need because they just can't take it anymore or they will go into hiding and they will go into isolation and they will go deeper into shame because I'm showing up at Bible study. I'm praying. I'm doing all the things that I've been told to do. And how could I still be struggling in the way that I'm struggling? And we're saying there's a reason. Yeah. And when we don't uncover the reason, we move toward contempt, Mm -hmm. either toward ourselves or toward the other. And a part of that contempt is includes judgment and condemnation. And so when we don't understand the why, it's very easy to, to move toward condemning either myself for how I don't measure up or condemn others for how they're not measuring up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we're in that place of condemnation, we're not in the place of compassion, which is really ultimately where we all desperately want to be. We want to be compassionate and we want to feel the love and compassion of others too. And this is why we do story work. That's right. Because until we know the stories... We don't understand why. Yeah. And, and telling those stories to someone else who can help us see the things that we weren't able to see as the child in that story. That's why, you know, we say one of the things that has changed us, you know, initially we kind of had to slow down is those times that we've heard the person listening say, of course, yeah. you would struggle with this or yeah. feel this or think this. Yeah. And that those simple two words, of course, as you and I both know, yeah, helped us and has helped many other people that we we know and work with in this realm. Yeah. Yes, I love that. When we talk about struggles, we want to really identify this thing that we call the window of tolerance and this spectrum of dysregulation, because our struggle is all about how are we being dysregulated? And do you want to just talk a little bit about arousal? And when we talk about arousal, we're not specifically talking about sexual arousal. We are talking about energy. Mm-hmm energy that goes high or energy that goes lower. And so do you want to just talk a little bit about the spectrum? 
Yeah, the spectrum, if you're looking at it on a scale from one to 10, you have 10 would be hyper arousal, the most hyper, hyper aroused. Mm -hmm. And that's when you're going to see things like high panic and anxiety and high energy. I like to call it in my own story, powering up. And then you have one that would be at the lowest of hypo arousal, which is going to be low energy, shutting down, you know, extreme disassociation. And so the window of tolerance is going to be between the numbers four and seven. And in that space, really, it's the space of what we call more integration because you are calm, you're regulated, you have a flow of your prefrontal cortex and your limbic brain really kind of dancing together in a way that you you actually feel pretty safe. Yeah. And now the growth edge when we're dealing with trauma is just a little bit outside of our window of tolerance to where we can start to notice and slow down and really get into what choices that we still feel like we have that we're not being driven by. But if we get too high or too low, Mm -hmm. the limbic brain takes over. And that's when we get into those things of, you know, why do I keep doing what I don't want to do or keep saying those things or keep thinking those things? We're outside of our window of tolerance either way in that space. Yeah. And the reason why we're outside of the window of tolerance will will come either we've been triggered by something that happened in a relationship or we saw in, on a movie or whatever, but we've been triggered. It also can just be innately like we're, you know, all of a sudden a memory pops up or a smell or something happens that then triggers our limbic brain and, mm-hmm. and triggers those senses of the soul in some way that then causes us to get dysregulated. Mm -hmm. And the reason why understanding this window of tolerance is so helpful is that if I go toward the edge now, I have the awareness to say, ooh, I'm really dysregulated. Like I can name it almost always where I can say, oh, I'm really dysregulated right now. And then I can ask for help or I even have some of my own tools that I can implement that can help me come down because when we're at the extremes, the one, the two, the nine, the 10, we cannot heal. Even when we do story work, we want to stay right on the edge. We want to bring stories and deal with stories that are not taking us into the nine or 10 where we, we, where our prefrontal cortex shuts down. We want to stay in that place where there can be integration, but it's hard, but there can be integration because that's when then the new neuro pathways are established that then help us be able to do life differently going forward. Understanding and having awareness in my day-to-day life, and this is a Obviously, this is a skill that has to be learned and that we really, I will say we need help learning it. At least I certainly did. Where when I notice I'm dysregulated now, there's something that I have the awareness that, okay, there's something here that I not only can do, but that I need to do and want to do to bring myself back into that place of integration. I like what you said about needing help. Sometimes we want to just be able to do things on our own, right? And and the truth is that we we are able to eventually. Yeah. I don't know 
really anyone, including myself, that could do this on my own in the beginning. Yeah. I didn't even know what my dysregulation looked like until I had really good eyes and ears yeah. and and more than anything, just such a compassionate response when they would see me becoming dysregulated. What a, what a gift to have that. Yeah. And just coming back to that aspect of self-contempt, which, you know, is only one thing, but I mean, when we don't have others bringing their eyes and their care, we will tend to meet ourselves with self-contempt. This, this is the result of trauma. We condemn ourselves in that moment and that has allowed us to survive, but it doesn't allow us to heal. There have been so many times that I remember sharing some, some aspect of my story or my journey or what I'm struggling with, and I will turn towards self-contempt and how it will just stop me in my tracks if somebody names that and says, oh, share, I just sense that you're being really hard on yourself right now. I didn't even notice it myself until it was named by somebody else who could bring a different perspective into my perspective that was completely clouded by the trauma. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good because when we do find someone that is not agreeing with our shame and our self-contempt, yeah. I, I, I remember when my story coach early on, she would say, hmm, I really can't come into agreement with that. Yeah. And it would be, you know, some comment that I made towards myself yep. that involves shame or contempt. And man, it took me a while to really sink into how often I did that. Yeah. And so what a gift to have someone challenge me in the mm -hmm. ways that I was drowning in shame and self-contempt. Yeah. I, I really love that so much. And it's my experience too. And not just with coaches, but now we have friendships where this is a part of our actual friendship. And it's, it's just glorious. I, I just have to say it's a, just a glorious. And I love this about you and yours and my friendship and how we are very able to stand in the, the deep waters with each other and kind of bring compassion so that we can move through those deep waters and really receive the healing. I love that so much. What you're saying is this place where people are hungering for something different. Like there is, there's a cry, there's a question of their heart. Is there a better way? Is there a better path? Is there a different way to do this? And we say, yes, there is. Yeah. Is it possible? Yes, it is possible. Yeah. Yep. Love it. So let's just take the last few minutes talking about what are tools that we use that we have found effective. These aren't just hypothetical, but we use these tools when we recognize that we are dysregulated and we become aware and we want to come back into the window of tolerance. What are a couple of things that you use regularly that you have found really helpful for you? And I'll you just say that as a whole, Candace tends to move toward the hyper end of the spectrum. I tend to move toward the hypo end of the spectrum. So I think that that might make a difference also in what we find helpful. 
Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, my tools, but our listeners may not. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for me, I discovered that when I move my body, my internal struggle and, and dysregulation begins to calm down. So I found that running is a very good thing for me if I'm getting, you know, really hyper aroused, but also it could be just those moments of, okay, I feel my heart rate going up. I, I know that pit in my stomach and I've named this before on the podcast. It is the fear of abandonment. That feeling will dysregulate me, but now I'm able to breathe. I'm able to say things to myself that feel more true now. And if I can't do that on my own, maybe I even have gone for a run. Somebody's phone's going to be ringing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Reaching out for help. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because trauma in itself is isolation. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, There's just times I need to come out of that with someone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and me too. And probably all of us, if we're honest. Yeah, we can't do it alone. What about you? Yeah, I think for me, I tend to move towards shutdown or even dissociation. So for me, it's grounding, meaning bringing my awareness back to the, the room and connecting to my body. So it it's very much, okay, I, I see the sun is shining. Oh, there's a tree out there. I feel the floor underneath my feet. And a lot of times I'll tap my feet on the floor or I'll sway a little bit, you know, just to very gently bring myself back because I will feel often like I'm like literally floating away. And I've used those words many times. I just feel like I'm floating away. So just very gently coming back. And then something that I've been finding really helpful recently is I will tap into the four S's for myself. And so a lot of times I will just put my hands on my heart and I'll speak to my inner child and I'll just say, okay, I see you. I see you. I see the distress and I see the feelings that might be popping up in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I'll start to just name, I see, here's what I see. I sense you needing to escape because you're so afraid of being rejected or being hurt. And then, so I just, then I soothe and I have different ways. It's hand on my heart. It's breathing. It's humming. I have found humming to be so helpful for me. So yeah, bringing the four S's where I see, I soothe, I I really evaluate. I don't feel safe right now, but am I safe right now? So see, soothe, safe and secure. So bringing myself into that place of just feeling very secure really has become so helpful for me. Yeah. The four S's are what our daily go-to, you know, and just having that in the back of my mind when I feel maybe I don't have very many options. Yeah. It's just slowing down. I'm like, wait a minute. I do have some options here. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So good to talk about these aspects. And we know that we're just giving our listeners a taste. It's endless, the research that is being done about this, these aspects of the brain right now. Again, we want to say to our listeners that we hope that this can be helpful because 
when we have experienced trauma, we only know the trauma response. But when we are able to recognize our dysregulation and then have tools where we can come back into the window of tolerance, our brain is integrated Mm -hmm. and we begin to establish new neural pathways so we can walk on in freedom and in love and in fullness of life that our, our, our heart and our soul and our body is longing for. And so that's why we wanted to talk about this today. So just so great to be with you, Candice. Oh, so good to be with you today too, Cher. Yeah. Love you lot. Love you too. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. Music was created by Caleb Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Story LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.